This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Syraclad. The Syraclad Rainscreen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 day self-cleaning and a 20 year fade limited warning. This high performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit syraclad.com. For our guest today, we're, uh, I'm super honored. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a correct phrasing, but I am. Uh, and excited to welcome Vince DePofi, professional engineer and CEO of SSOE. Vince joined SSOE in 2000 as more than 40 years of professional experience. He was named Engineer of the Year in 2022. He also spearheaded the Value Promise Program, which has documented more than $1.5 billion in savings for clients initiated by SSOE. Throughout the years, he's been instrumental in developing numerous new accounts and starting up the company's operation in Mexico. For more information, feel free to visit ssoe.com. ssoe.com. Vince, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Honored to have you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, it's great. Appreciate that nice introduction, too. <laughs> Vince, we talked a, a bit before we came on the show about your, your, a quote and, uh, that you have that means much personally and professionally. Can you share that with uh, your audience today? Sure. It, it actually hangs on my wall. With, uh, that's, it's from Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs said, we don't hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And I think that's really important, especially for a CEO, because you want, as CEO, you want advice. You want people to say, to give you advice, because you, sometimes the CEO title gets in the way. And if you state your opinion, everyone says, well, that's what the CEO wants. So that's what we better do. So it's really important for me to listen to people and hear their ideas, because that's why they're here. That's why I have them on my team or in the company. I always have the philosophy that everybody on my team better be better at something than I am. So that because that that helps get me input, make me a better CEO. That's a tremendous amount, in, in my opinion, of uh, egolessness. At least I don't, I don't know if that's a word, but egolessness and uh, uh, open mindedness and real uh, care. Why does that matter so much to you, Vince? Well. In a business like ours, our clients always come to us for creative solutions. And how do we get this project done cheaper? How do we get it done faster? How do we meet the scope? And so our, our entire culture really is built around collaboration of good ideas. So even though I might not be working on a project for a client, it's just as important with my executive and management team that we're collaborating on the best possible way to run the company, on the best ways to support those clients. Because ultimately, I've got to make sure my team 
is in a position to support those clients in the best way. So if my approach is to be collaborative, that sets the tone for everybody else to get input from people and be collaborative as well. Can you tell relatively quickly when you do hire a prospective employee, if they're going to be a fit or they'll, they're, um, they're part of the family, so to speak, I'm using that maybe as a generalization, but where they, the essence of them is you can see they're going to work here and they're going to help us and we're going to help them. Can you see it rather quickly? We hope, we hope to pan that out in the interview. We don't always uh, hit 100% on the interview, but I think we can tell right away when someone comes to the team. And one of the things we do, we so there's, hey, we've met the person, we've talked to them, we've answered questions, and we see how they fit. But for many of our key positions, we'll do data on them. It's called a predictive index. And it talks about how their behavior and what they do. And so a lot of times we'll with a key hire, we'll have them take that test in advance, look at it and say, hey, how is that gonna fit on the team? Uh, are they bringing some different strengths that we have or you know, does it make our team more well-rounded? We don't, we don't do that with everybody, but we do that with a number of people. So, but I can say generally, you can tell pretty close, they, they come in, they start working with people. You can get a pretty sense, pretty good sense from the team like, wow, uh, in the first week, hey, I met so-and-so, they look like they're going to be a great fit. Or or if you don't hear anything, sometimes that's not that's a sign because sometimes people won't say, oh, yeah, so, so-and-so we just hired, I think they're terrible. But you'll, you generally get a pretty good sense of that. And our culture is, I think it's one of those things that we have a culture that's obvious on how people work. It's team-oriented. And the people that are team players that work in a team environment, they're very successful here. And I'll ask a personal question, Vince. What made you so curious about not just being the CEO and being chosen as a CEO, but it, it, it like matters to you. I've talked with a number of CEOs, and there's not a lot of them that have that level of my experience, even in a short time, I've talked with you back and forth, email and even in person, that have that real level of care. Where does that come from? I, I think it, it, I should be, let me be perfectly candid. If you talk to a lot of people about Vince, they'll say they've, if they've known him for a long time, he wasn't as empathetic as he is now. <laughs> and But I found that empathy is a strength. And for many years, I viewed it as a weakness. And you know, you, you've got to be this hard-charging, driving executive, et cetera. And a lot of people that know me say, that was the old Vince. They used to have a joke for me. They used to say, that was Vince 1.0. This is Vince 2.0. And, and, and really, that, it really made the rounds that way. But I realized that one of the key aspects of leadership, especially the higher you get in leadership, empathy is so key because people want to know you care. And, but I, it really went to a different level for me during COVID. When I saw uh, you know, people that lost loved ones during COVID, people that struggled, I personally was hospitalized during COVID. I had a pretty significant episode with it. I was actually off work for a month. For a month. And so those kind of what people were going through, I really had to think differently because I became CEO three months before the pandemic hit. Mm. So I always joke, uh, 90 day plans are meant to be flexible. So I basically had to throw out my 90 day plan and say, <laughs> okay, what do we need to do? But I realized quickly with people working from home, how do we build connections? So we did things like we built a Facebook site just for SSW employees to share, hey, when we did things like share your work 
uh, where you're working. Hey, here's my pet. I did the same thing. You know, I had my cat on, on, on camera. And I think those little things show that people say, hey, I'm going through the same. We're all going through this together. And I, I think that was really important for us. And uh, we've continued to do that. We're, our office now is a hybrid work environment. We're in the office some days. We're home some days. But I, I think I realized how important it was to people because people were stressed. They, you know, they were going through a lot and they really needed to know leadership cared about them. We also made a commitment. We didn't lay off a single person during COVID. Wow. I, I, I told our team, I said, I don't know what this looks like on the other side, but my sense is we're not going to want to lose people. So, uh, we made sure we had, we, we had a few people that we furloughed, but we kept making sure everybody had their benefits and the people that were actually on furlough at the end of the year, we gave them any pay that they lost. We paid it back because we finished strongly enough in the year. We said, we got to take care of the people that, you know, uh, were able to do that, but we didn't lose a single job during that. And, and it's good because our, we've been growing the, the post COVID economy has been very good for our business. So those are some of the things, I guess I'll just say that we wanted people to know. And we also did the other thing is leadership all took a pay cut during the pandemic. I, I, I took the biggest pay cut, not to say, you know, to brag about that, but I wanted to set the example that I took a bigger pay cut than anybody. And then I had all my principals in the company all took a pay cut too, just to say, hey, we don't know what this looks like. Executives, you got to be the first one to take the hit. So those kind of things, I think, set an example for people that leadership cares about the company, cares about the people. Your growth, touch on the, the growth because it's significant. I can't even remember the numbers because, because it jumped so significantly year after year. Can you share that and, and, and why that really is a, a real focus and, and happens even? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, some of it is planning and, and strategy. Some of it's being in the right place at the right time. You know, we want to take 100% credit, but we're in some great markets. I mean, our core business is a company since the company's now 76 years old has been the automotive business. And the automotive business has seen a real resurgence with the push for electric vehicles. And that has driven then, of course, the need for batteries for electric vehicles. So if you want to look at what are our you know, major growth markets that have propelled the company, and it was interesting, we lost our first few plants that we bid on in the battery market. The, the good news, bad news was that nobody had experience making battery, battery plants. This was all new. So we lost the first couple. We sat down. We said, you know, we've got to get in this market early because once the players get in there, it's going to be really hard to get into the market. So I think on about our third or fourth one, we finally we cracked that nut and then things just exploded for us because all of a sudden you're an expert. You've got it on your resume. People were calling us to help them design their battery plants. And related to that, our, our biggest market overall is the semiconductor market. So we work a lot in that area. And of course, we, everybody knows how much, you know, things are being digitized these days, the need for computer chips and, and everything. So those three markets combined really to propel our growth. I mean, all of our markets are doing well, but those three markets have really been the real drivers in the company the last three years. Superb. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. Presented by SierraCloud, we're talking today with Vince DePofi, professional engineer, CEO of SSOE. Their website is ssoe.com. Again, ssoe.com.
gmail.com. On the uh, subject of uh, batteries and uh, electrical in the the auto industry where it's moved to to electrical, what's your take on sustainability? I know you obviously you do it, but is there a real focus on it? So, Tom, just to make sure I understand the question, are you talking about sustainability in the context of environment or of the long-term viability of the business? Wow. Both, since you clarified it even better than I did. Yes. Okay. So, and actually, it is both. Like any new market, you know, there's been a lot in the news that sales are down in electric vehicles. and, and, And certainly, the early adopters went in there that wanted an electric vehicle and were willing to pay for it. They're doing it. It's definitely leveled off, but due to the impact that this has from a sustainable perspective, we feel it, it's, it's got years of growth ahead of it. You know, will it ever replace the gasoline engine? I, I think you can find somebody that has data that supports whichever side of that you believe. But we believe over the long term that the electric vehicle market will continue to grow as the battery technology pro- provides batteries that last longer. And that's the big thing. How long does it last? And, and output. So I think you're going to see over time, it's going to continue to grow. And there'll be some ebb and flow. You're going to get surges where it, it increases or a new product comes out and people go to that. Like any, like any new market, it's going, to be, it's going to ebb and flow for a while. But we feel very strongly that over the long term, the electric vehicles are going to become a more commonplace, certainly, than they are today. And I think if you look at the strategies of major auto manufacturers, they're all betting on that as well. I mean, some of them have maybe tamped down the expectations, but it's still core to the future of, of their auto production. Can you share with us, if you're at liberty to, you know, some of your most recent, a recent project or projects that you're uh, working on? Tom, I'll, I'll just say I'm uh, reluctant to say client names. Uh, Not a problem. Over the, Not a problem at all. Over the podcast, but I, I think you, I mean, there's plenty of uh, data out there. You can look at some of the plants. Let's say, let me put it this way. Uh, we're the number two in the country in design of these facilities. So uh, chances are, we, I think right now we probably have, um, close, in the last three years, let's say we've designed probably two dozen of these facilities. So chances are, if, if the, one of those facilities you read about, we've probably been involved in, in, the, in many of them. And now is that by design that you've actually approached them, reached out to them, or or they've come to you and say, "Look, we've seen the work you've done, and we 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 want uh, we want a part of that." It's been both. I mean, some of it us us you know getting a project, but a lot of it has been we we now have a reputation in this area, and so I'll say the majority is people reaching out to us because they've heard about the work that we've done and seen some of those projects that we've done and and done well. So there's certainly ones that that we will look at and say, hey, we've heard about this or, you know, we're we're very well networked in it. There's not a lot of, I'll say this, there's probably not a lot of secrets in all the projects going on. So you hear about that. And we definitely, when we hear of one that piques our interest, we will definitely pursue that, try and reach out to the client, get on their, their list to bid on the project. But uh, fortunately for us, we've also had many, especially with some of our core clients in the automotive business, uh, we've been working with them for years and years and years. So uh, they reached out to us. We have ongoing discussions on any number of projects. Can you share with uh, your audience today what it's like when 
a project is completed. Now, I think you're always in contact with them, but when it's in, in effect completed based on the blueprint, based on your, your expectations, what's that like for you and as a company? It's really exciting for us, especially when we know the product or a car or truck, whatever, that's being made there. Our team, we, we've got a video. We call it our impact video. And we show it to all of our new employees. We call it how SSOE impacts the world. And we show all of the different products that we have worked on. And our people take a lot of pride in that. They take a lot of pride in telling their families, hey, I, I designed the plant that built that car, or those batteries in that car were part of a plant. Or even we even do, you know, we do work in the food processing industry. So we'll say, go to the grocery store, and our team will say, hey, we designed the the process that that made that product. But I will say too, while that we like that and it's impacted, a lot of our teams get more excited about the actual seeing the building of it. And I know I've been mm. going around the country and visiting the different major facilities that we've been designing. Our guys are engineers, our women, men and women, they're engineers. They love going out and seeing what their design being built. So sometimes for us, that's as exciting as the end product is, is while it's being built. I know it is for me, we go out and, cause you're seeing the skeleton of the building, right? The framing, the structural seal going up, uh, the piping and HVAC, the electrical, all those different things that are happening. And I know when I go to visit the sites, our team, they can't wait to show it off to me and say, Vince, we designed this or we did mm -hmm. that. I mean, they just, it's a really big deal for them to show off the work that they designed. And I certainly enjoy going out and seeing it. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer myself. so. You know, I'm I'm as geeky as everybody else when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> Vince, you know what's beautiful about um, your company, and I, I guess I'm not supposed to be that biased, but I, I'm going to be. <laughs> is, is there's a com there's a, co a collaboration or a connection of team and family? Am I off, or, 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 or is that somewhat accurate? No, you're you're right on the money. Okay. I mean, we we consider ourselves a family-oriented company. We've done a lot of work over the last couple of years redesigning our benefits, trying mm -hmm. to make things more family-friendly. Uh, we've increased the amount. We've given like parental leave, not just for the you know if a woman has a baby and she gets maternity leave, but for the the partner too to take time off too. We've really put a lot into that because we want to make sure that that's one of the reasons why we're. I know there's a lot of companies these days that are saying everybody back into the office. But we're, we, and I say we being me personally, I'm really committed long-term to a hybrid arrangement because I think that gives people that have families, you know, especially working moms. I mean, that's the reality. The fact is a lot of times, not always a working mom, sometimes it's a working dad, but a lot of times it's a working mom's taking the kids to school or taking the kids to the doctor appointment or they got to home, be home when the, when the children are sick. So. I'm really committed to that because I think that makes us very family friendly. And I hear that from employees that they do appreciate the opportunities that I can get my job done at home, still take care of my family. Or, you know, maybe I've got a senior, you know, parent living with me that I'm trying to take care of. So uh, we, we really focus on that. And that's why I continue to be committed to that, even as other companies are making people come in. You know, I, I, I trust my managers to do the right thing. And that's our philosophy is managers determine when their teams need to be in the office and when they need to work from home. And I, I always say two things. If the clients are happy 
and the employees are happy, then you're doing the right thing. And so, and right now, you know, our scores from our, we do surveys of our employees. They're really good. Client scores are good too. So for me, that's, we do have a focus on that. And I think we're attracting people to our company because of that focus. It's interesting. I went through, I don't want to say a metamorphosis, but last year we celebrated our 75th anniversary as a company. Obviously, I've not been here that whole time. But what I, one of the things I did, I went and I interviewed all of the living CEOs from the company. And I went back and, and interviewed the families of the founders of the company. Uh, some of the families of the founders of the company, most of them are older than I am. I mean, like I said, the company's been around 75 <laughs> years. That gave me, I mean, obviously I've been at this company 23 years. I have a lot of respect for the company. I love being here. But when I heard, you know, from the people, I mean, I literally went from 1948 to 2023. And when I just was able to do that whole timeline and here, and the, the common things I heard was over and over and over from every CEO I interviewed was, you know, take care of the clients. We got to make sure we take care of our people. I mean, it was just every single CEO I talked to, you know, we got to take care of our clients. We got to take care of our people. And it was just over and over. And so that really made me, it just, I'll say, deepen my respect and admiration for this company. And it really also put me in a position of, I, you know, I, I'm CEO of this company, but I'm, you know, I, I made this phrase that I'm standing on the shoulders of those before mm -hmm. me that built it. And that's the one thing I noticed about this company is that each CEO tried to take what was there and take it to the next level, move it forward, not sit on the laurels, but also respect what had been done and, and take that forward. In, in fact, um, we had our theme for the 75th year was honor the past, but build the future. And, you know, we, you can't, and every CEO I've worked with here, I've worked with uh, two, two CEOs before me, they had a deep respect for the company and the culture, but that didn't prevent them from making changes and trying to do things. And, and when I met with the two CEOs that I had worked with here, both of them, you know, gave me high marks, say, we really like what you're doing with the company. We really like where the company's going. And so there's just that, you know, lineage that just seemed, I, I didn't, really realize how connected it was until I just went all the way back and met some of these CEOs I'd never worked with. I mean, they were here before I was, and it was just the common, the commonality is what really impressed me about what each CEO thought about the company. This is outstanding. I'm loving this, uh, this show, Vince. Um, you're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. By SirCloud, we're talking today with Vince Depofis, professional engineer, CEO of SSOE. For more information, you can visit their website at ssoe.com. Again, that's ssoe.com. And um, Vince is uh, our public service announcement for uh, today's show. We're honored to uh, to acknowledge them as the American Heart Association. For nearly 100 years, they've been fighting heart disease and strokes striving to save and improve lives. The organization, uh, you can find them on their website at heart.org. Again, that is heart.org, and it's the American Heart Association. Vince, can you uh, share with uh, your audience again today why the organization 
means and matters much to you. Yeah, so Tom, when we talked about what my favorite charity was, it, it's the American Heart Association. And for me, that's a it's a very personal connection. Everyone in the company is aware of that. But the personal connection for me is when I was 51, I had open heart surgery. Hmm. I had an artery that was 100% blocked. I had a valve that I didn't realize it was a birth defect, been bad my whole life. I didn't know it. But the biggest concern was I had an aneurysm. Hmm. And that you hear the word aneurysm, you get really nervous. So I had to have three different surgeries. I had a valve replaced, I had a bypass, and they had to actually replace a three-inch section of my artery with a polyester. So I have a three-inch polyester artery <sighs> sewn into me. So I'm I'm kind of the bionic man <laughs> in, in uh, a little bit there. But so the, the American Heart Association, you know, they do so much that people don't realize. So Certainly on a personal level, I've always supported that organization financially and with my time. I'm actually chair of the board for the Northwest Ohio chapter of the American Heart Association. So it's just my way of paying forward and trying to help others. So it's uh, very, obviously very personal for me, but I'm also passionate about the work that they do too. I've phrased it kind of a caretaker of a legacy, and I was going to ask you about legacy, but you answered it. Um, yeah, that actually, that is, and it's funny that you say that the, this is interesting, Tom, because I'm the first CEO in the history of the company that did not work with the founder of the company. Every other CEO had overlapped the founder because he founded the company at a fairly young age. And so even, even the CEO that predecessed me, he overlapped the founder by a couple of years. And I'll say Every single one of them used that term. We're the caretaker of Al's. Al Sanborn was a founder of the company. I bet if I heard that once, I heard it a dozen times. I always felt I was the caretaker of Al's company. And I personally never felt that way until I met them. I thought, I'm the caretaker too. Everybody's watching. Are you gonna are you taking care of the legacy of this company? Because we we feel really strongly about the legacy of this company, but we feel just as strongly about the future of the company, and that's where I've, I've tried to make sure, as those before me, the legacy is important, but tying yourself to the legacy is not not a recipe for success in the future. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier uh, about you and how the employees, everybody's, the work they do impacts the world, impacts the world. Can you touch on that a bit? How your work sure. impacts so the world. We, yeah. So when we, I mean... We're designing plants that build cars. Uh, we're designing plants that build microchips. We're designing plants that make food products. We're designing healthcare uh, facilities, hospitals, medical buildings. We're designing facilities, you know, furnaces that make glass, whether it's for households, whether it's for, uh, for automobiles. So when you look at all the different businesses that we have, and some of those businesses interact with each other, but what I think is great about the business that we're in, it, it, you can almost walk down the street any day and feel like, hey, we, we impacted this or we designed that building or, hey, we, we designed the plant that made those cars. And I mean, I can walk through the grocery store. In fact, you can't see it, Tom, but uh, on the wall, uh, I have I, I personally had a lot of experience in the food processing industry. And on the on my wall over here, I have boxes of cereal, of all the different cereals that I was an engineer on. <laughs> And so we continue. So, I mean, we I mean, even now, I mean, I'm not doing much engineering these days, 
but our people take a lot of pride in in those things that they really they do have an impact right uh, everything that you do when you and when we put that video together to show everybody it is really impactful our new people when they see that they're like hey i want to be part of this and so we we try not to lose the f touch with the fact that yeah at the end of the day we're building a structure or we're designing these pipes or you know designing a process at the end of the day the Almost everything you do, it's a product that's going to be used by someone, used by you, as you know, and others too. So we, our, our people, take a lot of pride in in the fact that they really do feel like they're having an impact every day on the world. Is there anything you'd like to share, Vince, that we may not have touched on, or I may not have asked you, that uh, you feel is important in regards to SSOE, and uh, and and just you personally or professionally? Well, we've, we've covered so many things. I would say one of the things that we're also working on as a company, and this is an industry-wide challenge, is, is the diversity of our industry and the people that are we're trying to attract to our industry that have not traditionally been part of it. I've, I'm personally committed to that as well. I work, I'm a graduate here of the University of Toledo, and I work with them to actually establish a center for diversity, equity, inclusion for students to attract them to become engineers because the demand for engineers globally exceeds the supply significantly. So mm -hmm. trying to attract people that have not normally been part of that is something that I'm very passionate about and that we've invested in here in, at SSOE. Uh, we're working with colleges across the country to bring more students into it because we think, I, and I, I'm clearly passionate about this, but I've said this to students as I've spoken at different colleges. I wish I was 25 again. I think we all wish we were 25 again, but <laughs> I said, I wish I was 25 again and be able to experience what engineers are going to experience in the next 10 years. I, I think the, with artificial intelligence coming in, the transformation of our industry and the things we're going to be able to do with design are unimaginable right now. I mean, we've, we've started working with the artificial intelligence that's i know that's a real buzzword right now and it means to some people it's really scary uh, to other people it's exciting for me it's personally exciting and so that's something that is really core to the, we think will be so important to the strategy and the success of the company in the future uh, we've got probably three or four different internal projects using artificial intelligence to improve our processes and such so we're really excited about what that can bring so but all of that goes to say that we're looking to get as broad a group of engineers that we can in our company because we we think there's a great future as this is a career we think that engineers they impact the world every day with the design they do whether it's the roads that they design or the build the, the buildings or the cars Whatever it is, our, our engineers have an impact. So we're really passionate, not just about our company, but just how do we, I mean, our mission is to deliver unparalleled client value that advances our industry. And advancing our industry is really important for us, the architectural engineering industry. We think that's really important to advance. So we're, we're really passionate about not just our company and our jobs, but the whole industry and how do we make the industry better. Vince, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you very much. No, Tom, I appreciate it. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And as you can see, I'm very passionate about, about this, uh, this field. I love engineering and architecture and 
I'm what we call an AE lifer. I've been doing this. I've been in this business since I was in college. So I'm really passionate and I love the love this business. Well, that's terrific. And it, and it shows. This is going to be a terrific show. You can be certain. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast brought to you by Cirraclad. Our guest today, our honored guest today has been Vince DePofi, professional engineer and CEO of SSOE. Vince joined SSOE in 2000 and has more than 40 years of professional experience. Vince was also named Engineer of the Year in 2002. For more information, and I suggest you uh, definitely go and visit their website at ssoe.com. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the offices of Cirraclad in Redmond, Washington and on location. Executive producer and host of the Architecture and Innovation Show podcast is yours truly, Tom Dioro. Our chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Thank you for listening. Cirraclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cirraclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit cirraclad.com.